And welcome back to Ereal Platano Cinema Club. My name is Al, and I'm joined by my best friend, my brother for life. How you doing, Matt? I'm good. How are you? I'm all right. I'm all right. I got the uh, ASMR going right now. <laughs> you sound real nice. <laughs> so, Matt, um, lockdown. You've seen lockdown. I have seen lockdown. <laughs> what uh, What do you think about this uh, cinematic time capsule? I hated it. I had a bad time watching it. It was Wouldn't a bad do it time. Again. Yeah, no, it was. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of reasons why I don't like it. Um, mm. On a technical level, there's a lot of reasons I I don't like it. There were a couple of things that I enjoyed, but just just purely on a technical level, like I mm. liked how in some moments you can clearly tell they just had a small camera and just mm-hmm. they were just kind of in tight corners and and mm. all that. I like that. That that's mm-hmm. that tells me that oh, this was like a quick, cheap production, and that that's mm-hmm. fine by me. But on a story level and thematically, and just the way the movie actually played out, mm, yeah, nah, not good. What do you think? Well, this movie, I th- I believe it was uh, it was thought about or started development in July or June during the summer, and then they started filming in september october and then they ended real quick and then it's out in january so it's it was a real rush production yeah. uh director doug lindman uh first born identity uh edge of tomorrow edge of tomorrow yeah, yeah. He, he has a weird uh filmography like mm-hmm. uh i i was not aware that he directed this until like at the very end with the credits yeah. rolling and i thought doug lyman why does that sound so familiar and then i looked up you know his IMDb, and I realized, oh, Edge of Tomorrow, born I didn't like he, he, but he also has like a, he has a lot of ups and downs in his career. He's a real hit or miss guy, a, extremely mm-hmm. hit or miss. And you know, it made me wonder because I don't. Did he write this? No. So the writer of this movie is uh, Stephen Knight, who okay. made. Uh, have you seen Lock with Tom Hardy? No, I've been meaning to, but uh, uh, he no, made I still haven't. Yeah, Serenity with uh, Matthew McConaughey and Anne Hathaway. Serenity, I I saw bits and pieces of. Yeah, Peaky Blinders. Peaky Blinders, I I saw like the first episode and I thought it was good. But, but I, I didn't follow up. Yeah, you know how he made it to the big time? Hmm. He created How to Make a Millionaire. I don't know what that is. The the reality show with Regis Philbin in America. Oh. Do you want to become a married? Is it? Do you want to become oh. a married? Yeah, who wants to be a millionaire? Who wants to be a millionaire? Yes. So, <laughs> I'm like, how to make a millionaire? I'm like, wait. <laughs> so he created that uh, show in, in Britain, and it transferred over here, but he, he made that whole reality show. Huh. Interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it, it just makes me wonder if Doug Lyman, you know, I, I got to look back and see what he's written, mm-hmm. but it seems to me that he's just, I mean, I don't want to say he's a paycheck kind of guy, but... Mm-hmm. It does seem to be a, a situation where he just kind of takes a job, sees the throw, moves mm-hmm. on to the next, which is hard to understand because you have born the the, the born identity mm-hmm. and you have Edge of Tomorrow, which mm-hmm. Edge of Tomorrow is probably one of my favorite Perfect. films of the past like ten years. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, uh, it's definitely top ten. It has to be up there for me. Like for yeah. me personally, uh, mm-hmm. it's I like inventive, you know, sci-fi premises mm-hmm. and that. That's 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 as good as it as it gets, and it's unfortunate because that that movie was fumbled so hard in marketing. Um, but yeah, it's 
Yeah, it's it's a weird one, lockdown. Um, but I mean, I think at, at the end of the day, what really pisses me off because I, I was pissed off watching it is on so many levels, This is, it's so tone deaf. Mm-hmm. You know, the fact that it was conceived and produced mm-hmm. and put out while we're still in the middle of this pandemic. And you have this movie um, that only... It, it's only kind of a pandemic movie, really, because mm-hmm. we're still talking. And the way it's filmed, like, it's so guerrilla style, so, like, cinema verite, mm-hmm. in the sense of, like, you're you're kind of watching real people go through real things, but you're not. You're you're watching two A-list actors mm-hmm. acting their asses off. Like, I actually in, yeah, I sure. thoroughly enjoy the performances. Like, I, it's, it's it was almost as if they were itching to just act. And mm-hmm. especially Anne Hathaway, she hammed it up for the whole yeah. uh, runtime, and I really enjoyed it. But at the end of the day, they get to go back home and uh-huh. be in their mansions and be away from COVID while the rest yep. of us have to, you know, slum yep. it. And uh, Chiwetel Ejiofor, I don't think I've ever seen him <laughs> in a role like that where he's kind of like this slacker dude, bro, who like doesn't have a real career and he's yep. just playing it real loose because I think you're so used to him being like very proper or very fancy <laughs> or very like serious. And here yeah. he's just like hamming it up in his own way too. Yeah, no, I I, I thought he, he was great in this too. Like I, I, again, as far as them two are concerned, I really enjoy the performances. Yeah. Um, but there is this sense of how how did it come together? When did they get their phone calls? And mm-hmm. they're like, hey, so we have this idea. You want to do it? Mm-hmm. And I I just have to imagine that there was some pause considering, mm-hmm. oh, we're doing the story. But at the end of the day, we get to go home and be happy and mm-hmm. be healthy. Well, you know, the people we're supposed to be portraying don't really get that. And, and that's... That was kind of like my biggest issue with the way the movie ended. It kind of just, well, for one, it, it doesn't need to be a heist film for, mm. for starters. <laughs> mm. But also at the, end of the, at the end of the movie, they do the heist and they can't really go anywhere, but there's no tension. It's like, oh, whoops, I guess we'll stay here for another two weeks. Yeah, I think, yeah. and I don't get what it's trying to say as a message. Because, I mean, to put context into it, Anne Hathaway and Jewel Tejifer are a married couple who are going through a rough time. Right. And in, in the movie. In the movie. And in the, in the movie, they're forced to be together because of lockdown, because they live in England and they're in lockdown. Jewel Tejifer doesn't have a job. Anne Hathaway has this real fancy job that she's starting to dislike or she's starting to see the weird moral things that are happening. Yeah, it's a soulless kind of job. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and her boss is played by Ben Stiller in a weird Zoom role. Who's like just there? I, I I was wondering if he produced it or something because mm-hmm. it's kind of a random mm-hmm. cameo. Yeah, uh, but I think when it goes to the heist, I don't buy it because like they're wealthy, you know. So I'm not rooting for them to take well money for themselves because she has like they have a nice apartment. Well, that's here's the, that's the thing. She has a nice apartment. Mm. She's the one with the money. He mm. hasn't had a decent job and mm-hmm. 10 years i think they they keep alluding to the fact that 10 years ago he yeah did time for for something and mm-hmm. uh, so he hasn't had a stable job mm-hmm. you know so she's the one with the nice apartment nice job mm-hmm. and money mm-hmm. so th- th- they did i i think they did a decent job in making it clear that she doesn't need this mm-hmm. she but she's doing it for him yeah and maybe as a way to 
you know, respark their marriage, mm-hmm. you know, which is kind of some white people shit. Let's rob a a diamond to respark our marriage. So yeah. it's a little okay, cool. But uh, at the end of the movie, it, I feel like they make you feel like they are still together. Well, they are. Yeah. Well, and then they just made two million dollars for themselves. So it's just it's, right. it's like weird. <laughs> it, it's yeah, and that's the thing. Like it kind of. I I still think the biggest. It, you have two really fantastic actors, mm-hmm. with a really compelling premise. What happens to a couple in isolation and in, in, in lockdown? I I would have watched that movie. Mm-hmm. I want to. I if there, if there is one type of pandemic, if you have to make pandemic movies, which you know we'll get to some other ones that I haven't seen, but I know they're out there in, or they came out or are in production, but. I want to see a, a a story about either someone by themselves in isolation and how that is deeply affecting to the mental health of, of them or a couple and how they might fall apart in, mm-hmm. in isolation. And this movie had a solid hour of doing that or, or like 40 minutes of doing that. And mm-hmm. then it turns into a heist film, mm-hmm. which you don't, you don't need that. You have Academy Award winners here. Like, why yeah. are you putting them through this? Uh, yeah. Which, if if they found it fun, cool. I just it's it's unfortunate that that's the mm-hmm. turn that it takes. Mm-hmm. Do you think this is a a better? Do you think this movie, or at least the concepts of a broken marriage and having a diamond heist to solve it, works better without the COVID stuff? Do you think if this was just yes. a movie made outside of mm-hmm. COVID, it would make more sense? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you could you could have still produced it during COVID as they did. Just mm-hmm. you don't need. COVID to be a part of that of that narrative mm-hmm. you could make it into literally just our marriage is falling apart he doesn't have a job he has a record so he he needs a clean break he needs a, a fresh start mm-hmm. that's still compelling enough like I don't mm-hmm. I don't see the need to put COVID as somehow the inciting incident here it's mm-hmm. not it's it was there before the movie starts it's there after the movie ends it's, yeah so it has no there's no real stakes as far as COVID is concerned. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's really what bothers me the most about it. It's, it's the fact that you don't, you don't need to make it about COVID. Yeah. And do you think, I guess this is the, the bigger question. Um, if we were out of COVID, if we were a, a place like Australia, who's a hundred percent COVID free right now, yeah. and we weren't still living through it, would it make it better? Or do you think no matter what, it's a bad idea to have uh, such weirdly direct COVID movies like that? Yeah, no, not until like we're not we're not past this. We we're yeah. not going to be past this for another couple of years at least. Mm-hmm. We have vaccines out there, but at least in the U.S., I excuse me, I, I'm Biden's saying a hundred million vaccines in the first one hundred days, but we're a week into it and you're still only at twenty million. So, mm-hmm. um, and that's just the first round, like the first mm-hmm. doses. So anyway, the point is, and you still have like ridiculous chunk of the population that doesn't want the vaccine in the Mm. u.s so at least you know in the u.s at least it doesn't it it doesn't make sense you shouldn't make Mm. it i I don't think it's a good idea Mm. um there's again there's there's so much about what covid has become on a day-to-day basis outside Mm. of the virus itself Mm. that is compelling in itself you Mm. know we're talking about 
you know, the strains that it puts in a marriage. Um, your kids can't go to school, so you have to be their guardian at home while you're mm-hmm. trying to do remote work. Like there's there's so many complicated um, stories there that you can that you can tell. And, you know, the the fact that this is the best that they can come up with is is frustrating. Like for me yeah. personally. I would love to have made a COVID film. <laughs> I I did kind of make a short film, but I I mean like a like a bigger narrative thing. I had this idea in mind one day. I, I thought, oh, wouldn't it be funny? Because uh, earlier last year, I started getting like freaking out some rashes in my arms, like some really random rashes. I don't know if they were stress. I don't know if I was just reacting some allergies or something. But I thought, wouldn't that be a funny premise if a couple in mm-hmm. isolation, one of them realizes they're allergic to the other? Like that, okay. you know, that, that that that's a interesting mm-hmm. twist. Like you don't have to make it about COVID. You just make it about mm-hmm. the fact that they're a couple and they're in isolation for mm-hmm. whatever reason. It could just be anything. Yeah. Um, but the fact that in something like lockdown, it's like yeah cool they've been married forever he's kind of a deadbeat and she is finding herself to be more soulless mm-hmm. that's a solid start to us to a really compelling story you don't yeah. have to put in a diamond in there and i i like their performances but do you feel like they've been together 10 years i i hmm. refused i not refused but i didn't see it like from like you, from him i get it i from, from her not so much exactly that's the same thing i didn't just feel i didn't feel like they knew each other yeah yeah i mean i i from her Mm -hmm. i didn't get that feeling from 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 him i did Mm -hmm. i did uh because you you, i i can relate to being with someone for such a long time mind you i haven't been in a 10-year relationship but um but just being with someone to such an extent that you well you've been in a 10-year relationship with me that is true. Yeah, Hi, we just hit ten, almost <laughs> a little bit over ten already. Yeah, we're we're just about. I mean, at it this was, point, uh, Black Swan twenty ten, which was yeah. late December. So we're like, yeah, we, we should, we should, we should, we should do that next next episode. Let's okay. just make it all about us, our anniversary. Yeah, <laughs> but um, I haven't been in a ten year relationship outside uh, uh, with a woman, you know, <laughs> someone of the opposite sex and a romantic. <laughs> Mm-hmm. way um mm-hmm. and but but i get i do understand the feeling of being with someone so long that you have that internal struggle of you love them so much and you love them forever but you're exhausted of what the relationship has become mm-hmm. i i fully understand that and i and i got that feeling from from mm-hmm. him mm-hmm. um from her I, I didn't really get that vibe i mean i thought she was great i thought Anne hathaway was great mm-hmm. but i didn't yeah, like I said, like I don't believe that she's been with him for ten years. Mm-hmm. From him, a little, a little easier. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Uh, and I guess what I wrote after I saw it on my letterbox, my humble little letterbox, is yeah. I am not ready for COVID lockdown movies during COVID or lockdown. I don't think it's a thing yeah. I'll ever want to see. Yeah, you it, only want to have that in retrospect, sort of. Yeah, sort for of sure, thing. for sure. And I think there's a there's another one that came out. What I'm gonna say a few months ago that's produced by Michael Bay and yeah. it's called Songbird. Yeah. And all the reviews for that are terrible. 
Well, yeah, I haven't seen it, but as soon as it was, I think it was, I mean, it was announced like in summer, I think it was. Mm-hmm. And the first teaser came out maybe like a month after it was announced. And I immediately knew that one, I was not going to watch it mm-hmm. because it's no. Uh, and two, um, like really like this again, I, I, I don't want to like repeat myself too much, mm-hmm. but. Even even Michael Bay, I I expect mm. him to have some um, yeah. tact with the way he what he produces or puts mm-hmm. out there. Like it's it's just I can't imagine the um, the state of mind that you have to be in where someone calls you up and says, "Hey, I have this idea for a movie. Mm. Are you interested?" Yeah, sure. What's the idea? Well, what if four years after today, COVID is still a thing? And it's worse than ever. Mm-hmm. And we make an action film out of it. Yep. You know, it's just, yeah. uh, I just don't No, It's not, I haven't seen it. Mind you, I haven't yeah. watched it and I'm not going to watch it. Like I just, yeah. first of all, Michael Bay is not directing. So I already, mm-hmm. I'm already kind of out of it. I like Michael Bay as a director. Mm-hmm. He's crazy and he's fun. Um, mm-hmm. But with the, the, the one that he did with Ryan Reynolds, um, six underground, six underground, six underground, six underground. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed that movie. It was not a good movie, but I thoroughly enjoyed it because it was yeah. Michael Bay completely unhinged. Yeah. Which, cool, mm-hmm. sign me up. Um, this film, I don't, I'm not sure who directed it. Adam I think something? It's like a first timer. I think yeah. the big problem with that movie is that a lot of people say that the way it's written, mm. it, it it's really, it's really weird watching it now with all the stuff we know because this was mm-hmm. written so long ago. That a lot of the dialogue is like, this can't last forever, or why are people taking this so seriously, or stuff like that. Yes, and that's and that's kind of like the, the funniest, and like in a dark way, part mm-hmm. of uh, of Lockdown, and also Songbird, and there's a mm-hmm. couple of other movies that I, mm-hmm. I've only kind of seen little bits and pieces mm-hmm. of um, headlines. I mean, it's the fact that all of them, like, Songbird got pitched in March. Mm-hmm. And it came out in what November, I think. Yeah, real recent. Yeah, and so from March, and then I think they did production in July or June, mm-hmm. and then like it was out by November. So, first of all, a miraculous turnaround for any movie, mm-hmm. especially a big budget movie, because I don't, I don't know what the budget of of this was. Certainly bigger than Lockdown, yeah. um, and it's it's just hilarious to me because. In, I remember, I still, I mean, it's, when we look back, and someday we will look back on this time, um, mm-hmm. when we're all past this moment, the fact that celebrities started lockdown with Imagine, remember Imagine? Uh, don't remind me. Remember Wonder Woman and Cheetah singing Imagine? All right, they were both in it. I forgot. <laughs> yeah, that's it's. I remember at the time thinking, why? I mean, some of them made sense only in like in, in the context of like, why is this person in this video? Mm. But Kristen Wiig, I remember thinking, why is she in this? Yeah. And I completely forgot that she has signed on for Wonder Woman 1984. Mm. Mm. Uh, but the fact that that's how it started, and at the time, I can't imagine. The phone calls, all the phone calls that were made, like, oh, I have this idea for a movie. It's about the lockdown. Yeah. I think, I don't, I think we're, we're only starting to see how many of these movies were mm-hmm. proposed or made. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you get some 
decent looking ones, even though I the reviews are kind of hit and miss, like something like Malcolm and Marie, mm. which is a isolated production, but it's not about COVID at all. Exactly. So, and it's about this couple that may, you know, may not survive this film. And that's, again, interesting premise. I don't know Mm -hmm. if it's any good, but I would much rather watch something like that as opposed to a songbird or a lockdown. Jesus. Well, I think it's also, I, I, what I was thinking watching lockdown that I don't know if it was, deliberate and what they were trying to do is that since this hasn't ended yet and we don't know when it's actually going to end one things could reflect badly like saying stuff like this won't last long may seem like a time capsule thing where you're like wow we really thought that but at this moment right now it's like oh we really thought that it's not we're not looking at it in a way that is like a time capsule because we're still in it you're not making a, a, a time period piece while you're still in the time period you know yeah and yeah it's that's... like in lockdown you still see them walking around without masks and you're like all oh, right back then they did we didn't wear a mask for the first few couple months like yeah. that was a requirement and i and i wonder how much of that was a production decision because mm-hmm. this movie wasn't shot until i think summer right which one uh, lockdown lockdown uh I... september october september october Mm-hmm. So we were deep in masks. Yeah. I mean, I know that in the time period, I think they were portraying it to be early days of lockdown. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, which I guess that's true. That's a good point. Um, yeah. Like, yeah. I don't... Yeah, this was a mistake, this movie. Yeah, it's it's just weird. And I, 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 I agree with you where you're saying that if you're making a, a movie during COVID where your options are limited, don't make it solely about COVID. Don't name it lockdown, you know? Because once you <laughs> yeah. name a lockdown, you're letting the people know what you're in for. Yeah, and that's you know what I realized is that have we had any movies about the 1918 Spanish flu? Mm-mm. So it's been a hundred years, and mm-hmm. we don't have a. So why are we so thirsty for COVID content, especially yeah. while we're still in the middle of COVID? It's not. We don't have anything to look back on. Yeah. right now it's it's a, even as a time capsule situation it's bad like it's yeah. just you don't it's i don't want to police how you invest your money but also it's like come on like that's yeah that's why my review was like at least everyone got paid yeah but that was my review at least everyone got paid because otherwise this is unremarkable mm-hmm. out of touch and just not a good movie and it's you know? you're really fetishizing it and i think that's that's yeah. the thing where you're fetishizing this time uh back then when we weren't even allowed to go out when no one could go out and you're like Did you remember this wasn't that yeah. weird i'm like yeah i'm still living it I mean, <laughs> and that's the thing celebrities like, go out doesn't mean that i go out just because yes. you're out of lockdown doesn't mean i'm out of lockdown right and that's you know i i you know and, and thinking about i guess the time period that they're um setting this movie in which again hasn't been a year. It has. It still mm-hmm. has not been a year since this mm-hmm. whole thing started. Mm-hmm. But at least like within the U.S. and Europe and all that, it still hasn't been a year. Um, all I think about is how I almost lost my job. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's all I have to think about when it comes to March and April. You know, it's it's mm-hmm. I. I was so sure that I was going to lose my job, and I was I was we were going to have to move out of our apartment, move out of New York, like I. Mm-hmm. That's all I think about. I, I I don't think about like, oh, wasn't that crazy how we just started wearing masks? Like, mm-hmm. eh, it's not fun. It's not. Yeah. And and like I said, like it's weird that they 
they get to trivialize this. Mm -hmm. And we're still in the middle of it. And they get to go back to their lives and what we get to just watch this and just think about the fact that you just get to go back home and Mm -hmm. chill. Yeah. And I think whether hmm, I I see what you're saying and what makes me think is in lockdown, for example, Mm. the uh, Anne Hathaway's character fires a bunch of people. Right. Right. (laughs) Isn't the story more interesting from the perspective of one of those people who get fired, who are in a relationship? Right. Isn't that if you're doing something, isn't that what you do? Yes. And it's. I yeah it's it's I remember when um my fiance and I started dating I I she came over one night and we were watch we, we were thinking about watching a movie and I don't know why I think I was just thinking uh, this is a movie that I I watch at least a couple of times a year which is Up in the Air okay with uh George Clooney and Anna Kendrick and great movie and mm-hmm. it's literally about what like what Anne Hathaway is doing in lockdown? Mm-hmm. That's kind of like the whole premise is mm-hmm. they go around and firing people, mm-hmm. and I proposed this as a double feature with Office Space. Okay, so kind of to see both sides yeah. of the people firing and the people being fired, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and yeah, I I that I haven't thought about that and. In, in a while but yeah that would be a much more interesting premise yeah let's talk about the people that lost their jobs and see yeah, what exactly see what the how the hell they get out of this thing mm-hmm. well and i guess it i i think what doug lemon and stephen knight are going is for a more upbeat tone maybe not as depressing tone because like they're kind of silly on their own like a lot of stuff that happened are silly like Chiwetel Ejiofor's surname being Edgar Allan Poe and making that joke like five times during the movie. Because he likes poetry. Get it? (laughs) Get it. But I think that's his joke of like, look at how stupid people are nowadays. They wouldn't recognize the name Edgar Allan Poe. Which is like, okay. Okay, dude. Chill out. Yeah, it's... it's... Yeah. Just so many issues with this script. (laughs) Well, yeah. And the script and just the the concept of it all. The idea of it all. Where... I don't want to see a. I don't want to see a very nice apartment. Uh, yeah, and these people like suffering through it, even though I know it happens, even though I know it's real, and I know like people with money have problems too, right? Mm-hmm. But it's not like I'm not nostalgic for it. <laughs> not yeah, at the, not at the most. Yeah, and the idea of a uh, a couple that has an American person and a sort mm-hmm. of British person. Mm-hmm. Uh. And their marriage might be falling apart and they're thinking about the jobs that they have and the things that they're going to do and how much time they're spending together. There's a better version out there. It's called Catastrophe. Mm-hmm. And there's three mm-hmm. amazing seasons of it. So mm-hmm. if, if if that's something that you're into, you want to see a, a couple maybe possibly falling apart and one of them is an American, one of them is, I think she's Scottish in this series. but I think she's Scottish, yeah. Yeah, that... Just watch that. Just don't watch yeah. lockdown. I, mm-hmm. There's a bigger conversation here um, to have about. So let me ask you this. We're, we're going to pivot away uh, for now. Um, over the next. Do you think HBO Max survives 2021? I think it I think it I think it does. Uh, 
I th- their original movie content hasn't been good, but their TV shows are still good. Like I watched yeah. that Tiger Woods documentary. And I haven't seen it. It's yeah, so I'm, good. I'm gonna watch it. I'm gonna watch it's it little, so like this next week. Yeah. And going spinning off another tangent for that, and I'll get back to your point. Uh, <laughs> the Tiger Woods documentary is so good because it reminds me of what I wanted from the the Last Dance. Have, did you yeah. see that? Because yeah, the Last Dance has Jordan so involved in it that you really can't show both sides. It's of a it. little subjective. Yeah. And then Tiger has no involvement with it, but the documentary is very fair with giving context to everything and showing, yeah, he did this stuff, but this is where it came from. There's no excuse from it. He did hurt people, but look yeah. at what he did afterwards. And it's yeah. a great balance of that. I, I, I could see that. I could see that. Um, yeah, The Last Dance, I, I thought was amazing. Mm-hmm. I, I really thought it was a fantastic uh, mm-hmm. documentary series. But yeah, there. if you have Michael in there, mm-hmm. it's it's hard to even though they 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 jabbed him a little bit, uh, yeah. I think I think they did a good job of at least if not if they didn't go too hard, they they at least hinted at like, hey, mm-hmm. by the way, Michael's a psychopath, and you should yeah. know about this. Yeah. Um, and and they almost didn't have to do much. He mm-hmm. in, in his sit down interviews, he kind of showed yeah. you that he's a psychopath. He is a psychopath. Uh, <laughs> uh, but going ser- back to HBO Max, yeah. I think a lot of us, maybe like you and me, right? Like people who really like movies and really miss going to movie theaters and see it as a, a hobby <laughs> as, mm-hmm. as, uh, in that way. I, th- I feel like we are more disappointed in HBO Max than m- most of the p- normies. Most of the people who just want to sit down and enjoy a movie and don't care where they see it, whether it's on their iPad, yeah. whether it's on their phone, whether it's on their TV. So I think right. for most people, HBO Max is going to, grow with movies that are going straight to to the service rather than theaters i think i think they'll survive i i don't know if they're gonna survive with directors who are mad at it like nolan isn't going back mm-hmm. and probably denis villeneuve like after Not dune is out i think mm-hmm. i don't know if it's gonna work with warner brothers again so i think they're gonna lose a lot of their their key people people who they could count on to bring mm-hmm. hits no matter what like right yeah in, uh chris christopher nolan made a movie and he was one of the few directors and i think it's just him and tarantino right now that people will go watch no matter what it is yeah yeah no he he definitely climbed into that um tarantino level mm-hmm. where it doesn't matter what he makes it's an event and you're probably gonna watch it mm-hmm. and um he certainly believe that hype at least with pushing so hard with for, for tenant to go to theaters only yeah um which i think was a mistake in itself um mm. but and i think and i think that's really what brought a lot of this decision about all the films are going to hbo max same day uh is them seeing how they try to appease this guy yeah. and this thing kind of still fell flat like yeah you barely made back made back your budget and what did it cost you it cost you like it, it was a pretty bruising moment for for at&t and mm-hmm. i don't feel bad for at&t i mean they're a multi-billion dollar conglomerate um it's just unfortunate that i i feel like H- hbo max is content wise is the best service out there yeah but every single every possible bad decision that warners and and at&t could make they've made with this service from the start first of all calling it hbo max why are you doing hbo like that they're they are they were this untouched uh prestige 
brand for 20 years. Yeah. And you're now you're kind of pimping it out because it's your more most recognized brand. Yeah. It doesn't it didn't have to be HBO Max, but also yeah, something like putting all your movies out, you know, to the service over the next year. I understand it. I yeah. understand and I appreciate it. Like I'm actually mm-hmm. glad because yeah. I there, there's all these movies that I want to watch that mm-hmm. otherwise I wouldn't get to watch. Space Jam, but, the, new, the new legacy. Come on. Come on. Top tier. Come on. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, just not talking to the filmmakers or the production companies. It's, exactly. it's Why would you... You've had a whole... At least four or five months to properly uh, prep this decision and mm-hmm. pay whoever needs to be paid. Mm-hmm. And readjust your contracts. Like yeah. they readjusted, um, I think it was Galgadot's contract for mm-hmm. Wonder Woman mm-hmm. to kind of make up for the the box office sales. Yeah. Cool, you did it with that, but you didn't tell anyone else. And the next week you're just announcing this thing? Come on. It's and that's the thing. And there's yeah. a few movies in that list that would be fine going straight to HBO Max. But I yes. think you convert you talk with the the filmmakers you talk with the actual people who put their blood and sweat to it like i'm sure denny villanueva does movies with ideas of people seeing it on a big screen yeah and certain shots are for a big screen and people make movies to specify for a theater experience mm-hmm. and if you're not telling those people who have such a commitment into that it's like it's shitty and I, i'm sure tom and jerry would be fine going straight to <laughs> Yeah. I'm sure Tom and Jerry will be fine. I'm sure Chloe Grace Moretz and the rat and the cat would be okay with that going straight there. But you have that conversation and you ask them, hey, is this cool? And I'm sure Tom and Jerry says yes. Yeah, Tom and Jerry be... gets more viewers at HBO Max than it'll ever get in theaters. Yeah, they're old money. though. They're fine. You know, <laughs> Tom and Jerry are chilling. And but, like, uh... speaking with Dunkirk, it's crazy because Dunkirk uh, budget was $200 million, Damn. Right. It made in box office 346 around the world. Huh. Imagine, yeah, that's crazy, right? Every other country who did things well went to watch that movie. <laughs> Wait, are you talking Dunkirk or Tenet? Oh, sorry, sorry, Tenet, Tenet, Tenet. Oh, I was going to say Dunkirk was a massive hit. Hold on. Yeah. Wait. Tenet uh, still made uh, 340 something, which is 140 something over the budget. So yeah. you could see. You could see that there's still value in that. That if that movie would have came out in the states at a normal time, or if you waited, waited a little longer, oh, it would have, yeah, it, it would have been smashed. massive. Yeah, it, it would have been massive. And that's that's what's unfortunate is that. Well, in in Tenet in particular, I, you know, at least um, AT and T or Warner's, they did try to portray. They they leaked a lot of this um, mm-hmm. narrative of. Chris Nolan is a narcissist mm-hmm. who only wants his movies in theaters. Yeah. Um, I I don't know how valid that is. Um, although I'm sure Chris I'm Nolan sure. <laughs> really wanted it in theaters, yeah. but it's still kind of a shitty move. Sure. Uh, I don't know if he caught on to the fact that hey, Warner's is leaking stuff about you mm-hmm. to the press because it's obvious. It's obvious that it was Warner's behind this narrative, mm-hmm. um, and then him coming out so hard against. Warner's uh, and AT and T uh, after they announced all the movies going to the service, yeah, like th- that relationship was fraught from at least summer. You know, since Tenet might may or may not have come out in theaters, like that mm-hmm. that was going to be an issue the whole time, and it's unfortunate because yeah, like you said, like this 
this could have been a massive hit in the States, mm-hmm. you know, if they had just waited. But, you know, that's that's one thing that, that I've seen, that I've learned over the past year about the film in- industry is just how fragile it is mm-hmm. and how, um, you know, there's, there's this is philosophy in, in business where if you're um if you're a startup you get to move way more limber and faster and quicker than a massive conglomerate mm-hmm. and you kind of saw it happening with something like tenant where at&t is so massive they're the titanic you know they can't pivot mm-hmm. as easily mm-hmm. and when they do boom you hit an iceberg mm-hmm. and that's kind of what happened with them announcing all the films going yeah. to streaming and yeah it's just it's annoying and it's frustrating like it's fine for me like me me the fan i think mm. that's great that's awesome yeah. cool I, I would love to see it in theaters like mm. dune is made for a massive mm-hmm. imax screen i would love to see that in an imax mm-hmm. screen and this is denny villeneuve like I, I i'll watch anything he makes anyway but yeah. um me the i guess the creative thinks that's a shitty move yeah. you know the because this, it could have been so easy. AT&T is massive. They're not losing money by paying the, the, the filmmakers and the crew their due, uh, you know, um, salaries, you know, yeah. or whatever you need to pay on top of that. It's just, it's messed up. Yeah. I mean, you, you, Dune is that other one where they got to be real careful because another report came out recently, I think yesterday, the other day, that that movie's still going straight to HBO Max. Well, um, wait, weren't, weren't they, um, I think, thought that mm-hmm. they have worked out a deal uh that they were that oh they're still trying to work on it but that movie right now is still going straight to hbo max but he got pushed back wasn't didn't it they did like, get didn't it get pushed back to like october november or something like that well and i think that kind of makes sense if you're if you're looking in the the more hopeful side where yeah. our new president said that everyone who wants a vaccine should get a vaccine by spring which is what march through june yeah so right. if they're saying that, I could see how telling Denny, hey, October looks good. <laughs> and how they could make him feel comfortable with that, I guess. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know if. That's real. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if theaters will be back this year at all. Um, the, you know, you're going to have some open experiences and all that, but not, you know, it's funny. I, I was seeing that AMC today is blowing up. Uh, their stock is blowing up, but it's only because of um, R slash Wall Street bets. Oh, they, they did AMC too? Yeah, they, oh, they hit AMC today. So AMC has tripled, quadrupled their stock value today as as we're speaking. Shit. And it's, and it's one of those things. It, I mean, the AMC is, uh, you know, going back to me saying that how fragile the industry is, the fact that theaters they uh, even amc the largest theater chain in the world i don't know how i don't know their books i haven't looked at their financials but the fact that they can just fall apart in the Mm -hmm. span of a couple of months and say like oh we're going bankrupt i was like what you're the biggest chain in the world what are you doing but it it goes back to um you know a disney who runs the box office they don't have any movies suddenly you can't you know that's like 80 percent of your profits gone Mm -hmm. And you have a Warner Brothers who, you know, they don't have your, you don't have, they don't have your summer DC or, or Chris Nolan film. Mm-hmm. Boom. That's all. That's a big chunk gone. 
mm-hmm. and it's it kind of uh it's highlighted uh how much theaters have depended on these massive blockbusters as opposed mm-hmm. to being a smaller chain like a, like an alamo or something mm-hmm. that they get to highlight a lot of these smaller films and kind of have this more sustainable growth yeah but amc thirsting for that growth now look and they're bound to be the next borders or like the borders of the film industry that's crazy that's a that's a i haven't heard the word borders in so long <laughs> yeah. and it means a lot to us because borders lasted so long in puerto rico <laughs> yeah borders was like yeah that's i guess sad thinking about borders but it i think it's appropriate because that's yeah, basically what sure. happened to them they over expanded and then suddenly what no one's reading books anymore well you know no, no one's buying books mm-hmm. physical books shit which I mean, uh, you said Alamo Draft House, and it made me very sad because I missed the Alamo Draft House. I miss you. You know, I took out the season pass like a month before the pandemic really oh, hit. No. Yeah, I yeah. was on the list, but I never got at least the the request to sign up. Like I'm on the wait list over here, so yeah. I guess it didn't hit me so hard because I didn't have it in my hands yet. But uh, <laughs> yeah, when when everything comes back, 2022, 2023, I'm gonna go every week with that pass. You can't. Oh, yeah. I'm gonna see Tom and Jerry twice. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's. I remember um, when it started, and and because I think the last film I saw in theaters was Bad Boys for Life. Which oh, good movie. Yeah, fun fun movies. It was a fun send off. Like Mm -hmm. it's if if you know the fact that that was the last one. Like yeah, I have fun. That's at least it wasn't a shitty movie. Yeah, Um, but I remember thinking like damn like because i think i had either just gotten uh my pass then or right after it was mm. it was that was the timeline mm-hmm. um and we were already planning our next night out because i think with the alamo pass you get um you get a plus one yeah two for like a for like a fee mm-hmm. um and we were just planning the next one we're starting yeah. and at the time we were also planning our anniversary trip mm-hmm. uh i was gonna propose Twice, uh, over, uh, like in the anniversary trip, like there was a lot of planning going on, and outside of the vacation trip, we were just thinking like, "Oh, what's the next one we're gonna watch? Okay, we're gonna go next week and whatever." Boom, lockdown. Yeah, and, and those and, those uh, Alamo passes hit different in New York. Hmm? Those Alamo passes hit different in New York. They they really do. <laughs> they really do. When, when you don't have to spend like ninety five dollars on a night mm-hmm. out, mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's fantastic. Yeah. Um. But yeah, and and I think Alamo like the the week after they said they they send out an email saying like we're not going to charge mm-hmm. with a pass because obviously you're not going anywhere. Yeah. Which Alamo, I'll I'll die for them. They're mm-hmm. they're such a good uh, franchise, but also just because of how transparent they mm-hmm. they've been the whole time. Mm-hmm. And they said like we, I think in summer they sent out a, a a release saying like you know we're doing this and this and this in our theaters, mm-hmm. but we understand yeah. if you don't want to come through. Yeah. You know, and and they've been doing a lot of the alternative viewing experiences mm-hmm. they they were doing like a floating theater at some mm-hmm. point and they did uh drive-ins they kind of co-produced some drive-in theaters they've done a lot of these alternative experiences which mm-hmm. i find fascinating because it, it, and it makes sense for them because they're such mm-hmm. a weird you know very enthusiast friendly uh, chain yeah the last two movies i saw were onward by pixar and In theaters yeah oh huh. that was like a march like yeah that was like borderline yeah that was like two weeks before everything went down uh and the invisible man those are the two last two i saw 
Ooh, I like The Invisible Man. I did not watch it in theaters. I Oh, that shit hit different in theaters. Uh, oh, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I acquired it through different means and mm. uh, very much enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it, um, I guess March and April were interesting months because we were watching a lot of interesting horror films. Mm-hmm. Um, the Invisible Man, um, was that Kevin Bacon one? Um, I oh, You Should Have Left. You Should Have Left, yeah. Yeah, which was uh, really fun too. Amanda uh, Seyfried's in that, right? Yeah, yeah. It's it's a. I I really like that one. I, it was really f- weird and fun. She might win an Oscar this year. Uh, Amanda. Mm-hmm. For Mank. Oh, I haven't seen Mank. It's good. Was it? Yeah, I I've seen I've seen like mixed reviews, which I I never really go into a movie with reviews in mind, yeah. but um, I did find it interesting because it's, I. The, just on on the surface is David Fincher directing mm-hmm. a script from his dad mm-hmm. based on Ben Mankiewicz, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, and did he or did he not write mm-hmm. Citizen Kane? Like who? Like yeah. it's such a cool. Like I I want to know that story. Yeah, yeah. It's it's good. Uh, I I went in thinking I wasn't gonna like it either. I went in like I'm not gonna like this movie. Like, hmm. and then I was I couldn't help but to be charmed by it. The one thing that's weird in that movie is that you shouldn't have casted Gary Oldman. Uh, Gary Oldman's like 10 or 12 years older than the guy was when he died. Huh. So he like looks all way too old. It just doesn't yeah. work for me. I think someone recommended uh, Michael Stuhlbarg and I was like, oh yeah, that's perfect. <laughs> oh yeah, I could have seen that uh, him and that for sure. Yeah. Yeah, we need we, we need him and more more things. I think mm-hmm. he's uh he's underutilized in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. So uh Matt wrapping up real quick. Yes. Um, what are you watching this this week? Uh, I'm watching Black Swan again. Yes. Uh, what is there anything that comes out this week? I feel like there is the little things. The, oh right, I watched that. Yeah, I'm probably gonna watch that. I'm definitely gonna watch great. that. Hmm? I hear Denzel is great in it. Oh, I'm sure. I'm I mean, it's it it's a really wild cast. Uh, I was showing uh, so the trailer. She went what what. <laughs> Mostly because like uh, of the people that showed up. So you have Jared Leto. She's like, oh, Jared Leto. Oh, Denzel. Oh, Rami. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, got Crazy. some pedigree there, you know. Crazy. And and I like that the script was originally written in like 1991 or 92 or something. And it's just kind of been hovering this entire time. Yeah. So and because that's how the trailer plays to me. It's like this really raw and gritty mm-hmm. noir from the mm-hmm. 90s, you know, and. I grew up on those films. That's fun for yeah. me. Uh, I'm going to watch. I started it yesterday, but we had to end it early. But I'm going to finish La Mala Educación by uh, Almodovar. Oh, yeah. Okay. Got it. Which I is pretty interesting so far. i got to put that on my list. I'm going to yeah. Gael binge because of Itu Mama Tambien. So I'm trying to catch up. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Itu Mama Tambien. Like, that was, I mean, we, we, we texted mm-hmm. a little bit about it, but that was yep. such a transformative film for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. But, so um, okay, so so next week, uh, Black Swan, mm-hmm. and maybe the little things. Yeah, maybe the little things. Mm-hmm. Sounds All good. right. All right, Matt. Love you. Take Love care. You. Bye. Bye. Bye.